Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Data Literates podcast. In our podcast, we bring you real stories from real data literates around the world. My name is Milad Toliati. My name is Jerry Damaso. And we are your hosts. It's great to be back. We plan to be releasing more episodes more frequently. Please, as always, be kind and share and subscribe to our channels, both on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Today, we're speaking with Helena Sternkopf. Helena is a product manager for e-learning and digital learning at Tufte Academy. She's also a design thinking lecturer at Berlin School of Economics. I'm Helena Sternkopf. I'm a Berlin-based digital product and service designer, especially focusing on data-driven product and service design. I studied international business and business intelligence, so combining design, tech, data, and business. Um, and my data literacy story, if we want to um, yeah, call it like that, started yeah, probably back in 2015 when uh, I organized a TEDx event at my old university. And there I came in contact with Helena Hahn from the Open Knowledge Foundation Germany. It's a nonprofit organization that promotes the use of data for democratic participation and citizen engagement. And they initiated a project that was called Coding Da Vinci, where they used open data from cultural institutions and yeah, they hacked it to create new data-driven applications. And that was the moment where I realized um, data influences much more, or can influence a lot, many areas um, of our life, of our society. And then I yeah, also decided for myself that I would like to learn more about it and yeah, move a little bit to a more technical direction in my graduate studies. So I did a master's degree in business informatics. And there I learned a lot about data, architecture, analytics. And I felt like I would understand much better how now, like after these studies, how the technology that is surrounding us is working, which impact data and algorithms have um, on us personally, but also in businesses and society as a whole. And uh, with this realization, um, I decided to write my yeah, master thesis about um, this whole topic of data literacy, which um, competences you need to yeah, navigate in increasingly data-driven, data-informed context as we are exposed, yeah, exposed to um, yeah, at the moment. And yeah, because if you think about it, um, data or algorithms are actually um, influencing many, yeah, many areas of our lives. Lives they make decisions about the news we read, the jobs we get, even the people we meet and love, uh, the schools we attend, and the advertisement we see online. And I think for that, um, for that reason, we cannot ignore this whole topic of data anymore uh, from a professional point of view because it also gets more and more important in um, yeah and the lookout for new jobs uh, analytical skills are really um, valued skill for um, employers but also um, it's getting more and more important for our private lives yeah 
Great. Uh, in your thesis, uh, you define data literacy as such. Data literacy is a continuous learning journey that creates the ability to identify, understand, interpret, create, communicate, and compute pieces of information or data to develop knowledge and the ability to participate fully in our society. Mm -hmm. I really like this definition uh, because of the focus on the continuous learning aspect of it, and it's not just an event. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't happen overnight. How did you come to this understanding? Because there's tons of definitions of data literacy right now, and it doesn't seem like there's a unified way to define it. But I want to yeah. see how, how you came up with this definition and you know, basically move to the uh, maturity model. Yeah. yeah, so when I did this research on data literacy, um, for this definition, I actually put together um, the definition of the both terms separately. So what is data? Um, broadly, it can be broadly defined as pieces of information and literacy as yeah the ability um, or the yeah as a general con concept and um, literacy kind of is the competence to work and understand written pieces of content text and um, this is how I put together the um, definition you just mentioned. Um, and I, I've decided so because I think it's yeah it's really powerful or I think it defines data literacy in a good way because it's describing it as a continuous learning journey and I think this is actually essential that we don't really acquire uh, data literacy skills at one point and then we can stop because as we learn uh, every day this whole topic of data um is evolving and there are new data sources every day coming from sensors and cars uh, connected cities smart cities um to process management um a lot of processes are getting optimized so we have new um yeah data sources um that we probably didn't think of before and i think with that we have to realize that learning data, speaking data, um, will probably never really stop and we always have to um, evolve our competencies in that sense. So at the end, you're saying uh, to develop knowledge and ability to participate fully in our society. So that's kind of like the end goal that you have in mind, right? To have more engaged citizens in the society who are aware of the data and how they are receiving the data or how they are creating the data, right? Mm -hmm. um, but do you think we can get everybody data literate in the world to participate in their society? I think everybody is a really ambitious goal, but I hope um, there are more and more people getting into that topic. And maybe also what I want to make very clear in this whole conversation about data literacy is that um, for me, you don't have to be a data scientist or brilliant math nerd to be um, data literate. But I think um, depending on your very individual context, it's more to critically and productively being able to um, understand and interpret um, data outputs that you're exposed to or get a feeling about how data is collected and maybe also what your role as an 
uh, employee or as a private person is in this whole equation of yeah of the of the, in the world of data. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic point that not everybody should be a data scientist. We keep saying yeah. that too. It's, <laughs> it really depends on uh, your situation as well. Yeah. Um, so how, how do you define or how do you tell if an organization um, is data literate? I think I kind of want to move the conversation toward your maturity model and mm -hmm. uh, so. Yeah, maybe again coming back to the my research. So um, what we researched um, was, uh, or we developed a data literacy maturity model where the main contribution was this data literacy maturity grid, which you can imagine like a table where you find um, 11 competence dimensions uh, on four different maturity levels. So we, um, during the research, we identified this 11 competencies that um, look at organizational competencies like data ethics and security and the yeah, attitude towards these topics and also data culture um, describing if it is something that the employees are kind of afraid of or are more open to towards. Um, so these were the organizational competencies. And then we have um, other competencies that look at individual competencies ranging from um, yeah, finding data, getting data, verifying um, the data, cleaning it and having this awareness that data from time to time need to be cleaned and normalized, analyzing the data in uh, different ways, visualizing it, um, being able to communicate the data outputs you created, and yeah, the last dimension we had a look at was this critical assessment and the interpretation of data outputs that, um, yeah, kind of make the dimensions of the model. And your question was how we can, yeah, determine if a company is data literate or not. Um, I think that really depends on the context. Um, so if you are a company that um, is more interested in communicating, successfully communicating data outputs, graphs, um, have like a data storytelling uh, culture in your company, then probably, probably these last um, competencies are also much more important for you and your strategic goals than um really doing this like verification of data or the uh, cleaning and i think that was the learning we also got from our research that it really depends on the organizational context um, um and yeah how you define data um if the company is data literate or not but <laughs> um in this model um there are, as I already described, four different maturity levels. And of course, um, in this maturity thinking, there we assume that there is kind of a predefined uh, path to maturity, this state so, which describes yeah, a state of readiness. And in this model, we can say that 
if you are close to this fourth level or find yourself in the fourth level, um, which we call data fluency, um, then you're probably uh, pretty data literate. So that's a predefined uh, stage. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that also changes with the context, right? The whole the whole idea is within different contexts, different probably industry or different uh, role that you have in your organization. Uh, your the way that you should be measured and the way that we can tell, hey, this person in sales is data fluent is different mm -hmm. than saying, you know, this uh, you know data scientist is data fluent, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think that was also the aim of our research that um, we didn't want to tell people you're data literate or not, because um, also for um, data literacy still being a topic that is quite ambiguous, um, that's quite a challenge. But our aim was more to enhance the understanding of yeah, required skills that are needed to, um, to define your data practice, to maybe also identify strengths and weaknesses for your data handling and conversion skills. And with that also empower organizations or individuals to plan their future data practice. And maybe as a overall goal, we just want to advocate for a more transparent and open conversation about data literacy and the competences you might need. So also this model should not be interpreted as um, something static or uh, not um, evolving anymore. I think it also lives from people taking it, trying it out, and making it their own people and organizations. Yeah. So your assessment, uh, what is the evolution of that? I mean, we know that technology is changing. The complexity of the data is changing every day. Um, are you considering next steps for your assessment? And what is that story? So, so for now, we are still uh, trying out to set up um, different kind of um, yeah, evolving the the self assessment tool in a way that it doesn't get um, or that it doesn't only operate in this maturity grid because uh, for now, like the questions are really closely matched to the maturity grid with the eleven competencies and the four levels. And we are currently experimenting a little bit with questions outside um, or questions that um, are not that suggestive in um, the way they evaluate the data literacy competences. So we want to play a little bit more with questions um, regarding visual um, inputs or statements that you have to agree or disagree to. Um, and yeah, the current state of the self-assessment tool. And of course, trying to bring in um, um, topics that are in the current discourse, um, thinking about, yeah, for example, fake news is always a big topic, topic and yeah, trying um, to figure out how we can um, include these topics that probably maybe people can identify with on a broader basis with. Um, yeah, to bring this into the assessment as well.
right, everyone, we're going to take a quick break. Hope you enjoyed this episode so far. Please make sure you subscribe to our channels at Data Literates. Okay, now back to our conversation with Helena. I think uh, we covered the major points from the definition to, um, you know, the competent, uh, the assessment and the maturity model and the dimensions. Uh, but the, uh, around this topic, is there anything else that you think uh, we should cover? It's important for the audience to know. Yeah, I think one um, one thought, maybe one idea that I would like to share regarding the topic of competencies, data and data literacy. Sure. Um, I think it's really important that we um, find narratives to include people that are not uh, maybe natively so familiar with working with digital data. So I often have the feeling that in this whole discussion, there is a, there are a lot of experts, people that are brilliant data scientists making great algorithms and machine learning best practices, uh, great visualizations, but that sometimes newbies to the topics are a little bit ignored and maybe also even a little bit frightened to get into the topic because um, of course if you start you don't know too much um, and there's a lot of insecurity um, connected to the topic of data ranging from privacy issues to how do we collect it, how do we analyze it, properly communicate it and I think in that sense it would be uh, really helpful to find a good narrative and training practices for um, starters that they don't feel excluded or intimidated by the topic. So it gets a little bit more inclusive. Well, that's actually a fantastic topic because uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about is skills development or competency development. Um, mm -hmm. And all of the challenges that you mentioned, especially for um, both newbies and also people who are not traditionally uh, expected to work with data heavily, like, you know, a mm -hmm. salesperson, just like business users in general. Yeah. Uh, They're accustomed to just um, see a visualization, see a report, and, you know, maybe take some steps further to do some sort of analysis. But all the other um, competencies that you have in your model are valid, and maybe, you know, nobody has even considered them because mm -hmm. of, um, many reasons, maybe, because, again, it was not part of the agenda traditionally. Uh, yeah. The insecurities, uh, data is boring. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they may feel like they're getting excluded. So um, have you experienced um, or had any suggestions based on your model how the skills development or uh, competency development should happen in an organization? Um, so my suggestion would be to make it really uh, in a um, like a kind of a differentiated learning design, meaning that you can access, um, if we think about, for example, an e-learning course, that you, you as the learner um, have the possibility to um, determine yourself at which level you want to start, which information are helpful for you, so that it's more of a... Um, self-led um, journey with, of course, some uh, recommendations and maybe some curated content that you could use. But um, I think um, 
that would be my suggestion to um, offer material on different levels because that's the reality we see in companies or organizations that um, working with data or the people that are working with data have very different um, they started very different um, po points so I think we should also cater for that and offer very uh, differentiated learning environment good point uh, I think uh, because I, w I really want to um, you know promote the assessment as well so I have a question about the assessment. Do you suggest that uh, we should, uh, on a continuous basis, assess our people on those 11 competencies using your assessment? Or basically just, uh, because in a learning journey, we want to uh, measure and provide feedback. That's, that's mm -hmm. when, it's, when things become more effective, right? What is your suggestion in terms of assessing people with, uh, you know, within those um, competencies, 11 competencies? Yeah, so regarding the competency um, evaluation, that first, I don't know, I think a lot of people always uh, <laughs> connect assessment and evaluation with kind of a frightening topic. They could be too bad or too good, or not too good, that's not a, probably not a fear you have, but <laughs> too bad. Um, and I think, um, yeah, we should all realize that this assessment is not about being um, to like not uh, living up to something, but it's really more um, a yeah, helpful tool to understand where you are at and then also to plan where you want to be and what competencies actually make sense for you to dig in to deeper. And for that, I think it's also very essential to have regular check check-ins and check where, whether you made progress, um, and what your next steps could be. And I think for that, it shouldn't also be like a yearly review, data literacy competence review, but um, to have this on a maybe quarterly basis. Um, so Do you suggest self-assessment versus, uh, you know, top-down type of thing? Yes, I think so, um, because I always have the feeling that you are much more motivated in learning if you realize that it can be helpful for you. And um, and I think especially on the job market, like I think a lot of people, um, they are a little bit afraid that they cannot live up to the expectations on the job market and maybe also within the companies so if they have to openly um, uh, yeah, say that they lack a certain capabilities that might cause more insecurities and um, they might not feel too comfortable with that. Um, so I would say there should be the option for self-assessment, but um, having um, kind of an agent or mentor that helps you along the journey um, whenever that is wanted or needed would be would make sense from my point of view. Okay, cool. And I think uh, for the show, uh, I'm starting with a, a personal uh, challenge uh, about uh, gamification, right? Mm -hmm. And I know the application of gamification in learning is probably the boldest one in the world of mm -hmm. uh, gamification. Uh, I want to know what, what is your experience with uh, gamification? Have you considered in your research, in places that you worked at, in your suggestions? Uh, in terms of like motivation and maybe even that measurement of skills that we talked about, evaluation, or even just basically motivating people 
and mm -hmm. removing those obstacles that we talked about uh, from uh, beginners or people who were not traditionally uh, expected to work with data all the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, I definitely think that gamification can be a very helpful method or tool um, along the journey to data literacy, competence trainings and learning. Um, and I think the whole maturity model is already thought in this gamified design. You know, you have different competencies, uh, you have the levels where you can ha have different ranks. So this already you know, can imply a certain ranking. Um, the competence levels in my model are already called uncertainty, enlightenment, certainty and data fluency. So I think playing a little bit also with um, maybe the roles you can have in this whole data literacy world as a learner can be really um, interesting and fun. And yeah, I think that probably is a good way to consider when it comes to learning design, learning and training design. So where can people find you? Where do you want people to find you? Um, if you they can have questions, me, they want to follow yeah. up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you can follow me on Twitter. I think um, I'm yeah, most active about data visualization, data storytelling, data literacy on Twitter. Always happy to extend my network. You can find me on LinkedIn, Helena Sternkopf. And I'm also currently working on my website, which is helenasternkopf.com, um, where we'll yeah, update um, some of the projects republish some of the projects I did and also talk a little bit about data literacy. Oh, can't wait to check that website out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will keep you in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. I, I would definitely want to have you back on the show and talk about other stuff, not just mm -hmm. the model. Um, or maybe if we, because we really want to uh, focus on the implementation and application of data literacy. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like the model is a perfect start for people to understand how they should measure and evaluate and mm -hmm. uh, consider all the components because normally people may uh, just consider some components. Some organizations really heavily invest on visualization. Some mm -hmm. only invest on cleaning and verifying and that's it. Some organizations may only work on, you know, the uh, communication aspect. So, but like having that big picture, I think all these, um, can you know uh, enable people to have a better understanding of what exactly they should consider in their data literacy journey and program. So yeah, I think um, that's really the most helpful thing probably about the model that it visualizes different competencies and makes them makes people realize ah okay this is those are the things maybe we should consider and um, in that way yeah I think yeah, it's already yeah. helpful to visualize these competencies. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, thank you very much again. Uh, yeah, thank was, you. Uh, All right, fellow data literates, that was our episode for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, please share and subscribe so you can catch us next week as well. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by the Data Literacy Foundation. You can find their website at dataliteracyfoundation.org.